0: It's really hard when you're in an office environment in London to kind of picture almost how people work elsewhere, and I think it's really important to go out and see them.
1: That was Emma Tucker from Temenos, and this is Remote Control. Thanks for joining me today, Emma. Um, The head of internal comms at Temenos. Uh, Really excited to hear from you today, so yeah, welcome.
0: Thanks,
1: Derek. I'm excited to talk to you as well. Um, it, on the remote control podcast so far, we've spoken to some internal comms uh, consultants, uh, some people that work in kind of the related employee engagement field. Um, but today, yeah, to speak to someone that's working in-house at a, well, a truly global brand, it's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to hear some of your kind of key challenges, um, some of your priorities and, and how kind of remote working is impacting your role and, and probably the employees' lives at, at Temenos. So, yeah, a bit of background on kind of maybe some of your key priorities and, and what you're working on at, at Temenos would be great.
0: Sure. So, yeah, I head up um, global internal communications for Temenos. So really, my role is all about you know, writing and crafting and sending out communications to the seven and a half thousand employees that we have around the world. And it covers everything from, um, you know, organizational changes, product launches, things that we might be doing from a marketing perspective, even down to the policies that might be changing. It's really very varied. Um, and I've been with Terminus for the last eighteen months um, and I'm really the first dedicated internal communications professional to join the company so as a function it's relatively new for the organization which is exciting for me because it means there's plenty of opportunity to to bring about change and have an impact which is which is what I think internal communications when done properly can really do um it's a it's a exciting role the challenges for me are you know very varied um but i like the fact that i get to work with lots of different people at all levels of the organization It can be quite creative at times as well um yeah and i'm really passionate about how the or the value that when internal communications is done well what that can bring um to an organization and more importantly to to the employees that work there
1: yeah and i guess like you mentioned that's a kind of a really um, that's a sizable audience you've got there to have a, a, a kind of a good impact with and be creative with the seven and a half thousand employees and they're dotted up is it all around the globe with you know how, how is that kind of different offices are the home workers how, how does that work?
0: Yeah so it's, I'd say you know Temenos is a very distributed organization um, we work with banks in 150 countries um, all across the world so that means we have people basically based wherever the banks are. So we actually have 64 offices in 40 different countries. So of the seven and a half thousand people, you kind of get a start to get a sense of how geographically spread yeah. we are. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's uh, it's interesting because obviously time zones form a big challenge for us <laughs> in, a, in a global organization. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess getting that uh, those messages out in a timely fashion um, across the different time zones. Yeah, I guess I've not really thought about that before, but that's probably quite a big part of the planning process.
0: Yeah, it can be. And, you know, the, the reality is that there's no perfect solution because what works for one region doesn't work for another. So, um, you know, that, that just really, I guess, dictates maybe the kind of the channels and the ways that we that we communicate to make sure that we can be as as fair as possible
1: yeah okay um so i guess we've touched on it already the kind of you mentioned how um distributed the the kind of the company is and with employees all over the world um and in this podcast we're going to going to talk about kind of the the trend um which is Already here and it's just exacerbating, I guess, is the people working remotely. Um, So, kind of a nice, easy question is that something that yourself do you get the opportunity to work remotely at Temenos?
0: Yeah, I do. And actually, it is really quite commonplace in the organization. So, I'm based in the London office and I typically work from here three or four days a week. Um, But I also work from home and I work on my commute, I work when I travel you know so i and and it's very uh, you know easy to do that to be honest because it is kind of part of the the culture so you know really when particularly cuz i manage communications at a global level um i have to work remotely because i'm working with employees in lots of different jurisdictions so it you know by that virtue alone you know i think we all work remotely really in the organization
1: Okay, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I guess. Um, and how is... I mean, obviously you've been there for, for 18 months and how has kind of the company, maybe even within that time, adapted to this kind of remote working lifestyle or is it something that has been ingrained within Temenos from a very early stage, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think actually it has probably been there from day one. I think when when the founder of the organization first set it up he didn't really want to have the headquarters based in the US or the UK for example which is quite unusual for a software company but he yeah. really wanted to be where banks were so which meant that you know we were everywhere and, and so really right from day 1 we had um people in lots of different locations so yeah i'd say it's 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 pretty much in our dna to to work remotely, um, which is which is good because it feels like we're already ready for for the way that the world is changing in terms of how and where people work from.
1: So yeah, I guess a bit of research that sparked this. Podcast was seeing um, something from the Office for National Statistics that suggests that over 50% of the workforce will be working remotely in 2020. So, yeah, I guess Temenos kind of already ahead of the curve on that with the global offices. But within those regions, are you seeing more people, say, from the London office um, working to get kind of maybe a bit of a quiet space from home? Or, yeah, do you see that? Kind of within their offices, do you see that remote working trend going that way, or is it very much office based still?
0: I think it. I think there is a kind of cultural element in terms of like a a country culture, if you like, that maybe dictates it. So some some nationalities or some areas of the world are maybe more open to it than others. So that naturally influences the employees that work there. Certainly in London, yeah. I think it's 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 really becoming very commonplace for people to work from home and you know there's such a pressure on office space on commute the commute time and the cost of it even from an environmental perspective but I think when when you can allow people to work from home I think giving them some freedom and you're trusting them to to do their job regardless of where they do that from I, I think it's it's certainly the right direction that all organisations should be going in. You know, we we give people a lot of freedom at terminals. We don't have a particularly kind of corporate culture, so we don't have a lot of formal policies and things that govern how people work. Um sure. but we do expect them to deliver results. But how and where they do that is kind of largely up to them. And for sure like your manager and the people around you definitely influence that. You know, my team we we all do it, so there's absolutely no taboo to doing it. But I yeah. suppose if you work in a team where that's not so commonplace, then maybe it's a, it's a little bit harder. But you just need maybe one or two people to to start that trend, um, and then people see that it, it brings lots of advantages as well.
1: Yeah, totally. I guess it needs someone to to pick up that that torch, and then yeah, others are kind of probably dying to do it, but maybe don't want to be the that first person.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah been, exactly.
1: it's in, interesting what you're saying, um kind of a couple of the key words. I really like how you talked about the freedom, giving employees a freedom to um get the the job done, it but you're not precious over them sitting in a in a cubicle for however long. Um that's that's really kind of yeah, it's ideal, I think, from an employee point of view, being trusted. I think that comes hand in hand—that freedom and that trust. That's really interesting to hear, and also the um, the environment environmental impact that you you mentioned. That's really interesting to hear. That's kind of in your um, your thoughts at Temenos in terms of commuting.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it would be remiss of us not to not to be thinking of things in that way. You know, everything we do at Temenos is about creating. A more sustainable financial future, if you like, for people, so it's about helping banks to perform better through our software and you know that that kind of sustainability of of business I think comes through all in all its kind of meanings, and I think the environmental footprint that we all leave um you know we need we need to be conscious of it and, and we certainly are so yeah it, it, it's a it's definitely a part of uh of why we we are so uh, behind remote working as well
1: yeah i oh, know it's, it's, it's great to hear and and maybe not something that kind of comes up in uh everyone's view of, of remote working so yeah, maybe focusing on on your role as opposed to Temenos as as a whole. Um, keen to understand what communication channels you use to reach the seven and a half thousand employees, and and also keen to understand if there is a kind of different uh, mix based on location or if it's office based versus remote workers. Yeah, really keen to hear hear how you do that.
0: Yeah, so I think we probably treat everybody the same um, from a corporate perspective, and and we really rely on um, digital channels to do that because they're the the kind of fastest and fairest way to reach everybody. Um, so email is really the the kind of mainstay communication tool that we use, which is not necessarily particularly innovative, but it is really fast and it's informative and it's um, it's equals for everybody, if you like. Yeah. Um, but it isn't brilliant at facilitating conversation. So we do also use tools like Yammer. Um, we use a lot of uh, Skype and Zoom. We do. We run kind of um, virtual meetings uh, a lot as well, which is, oh, which yeah. are really important because obviously face to face is really difficult when you're dealing with a, a global audience. Um, but we do things like stream big events and sessions with our leadership team um, which we do with with you guys at stream go and that gives us the ability to talk to everybody at once now obviously the time zone thing isn't always um, helpful to us in that regard but yeah, um, we do try and rotate where we host those events from to kind of get round that. So next month we're actually hosting what we call a leadership live, which is kind of like a panel with our ex co, with our executive committee team. And we mm-hmm. ask them lots of different questions on like the business, on the culture of uh, of the organisation, on our latest innovations, whatever it is that's kind of topical of the moment. Yeah. And um yeah the next one we're doing is is actually taking place um in India where all our development um hubs are. Um, so that that's nice because we typically have posted those from London in the past. So it's nice to be able to kind of take take it on tour uh, for a yeah, better good. description.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, get a, a tour bus sorted and get some roads <laughs>
0: Well, it will be my first trip to India, so I'm quite excited about it.
1: Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, well I mean, that's a perfect example of working remotely, I guess.
0: Yeah, definitely. And actually, like, our. I'm really excited to go to India because I really want to kind of get a better understanding of how they work out there, because actually 50 percent of our workforce is based there in our development, our product development hub. So they they are, I feel like they work quite differently to the rest of us because, you know, they're. Well, actually, I don't really know. I think they assume they're working much more behind computer screens, and they're busy writing code and whatever developers do. And um, <laughs> the dark I earth. think, yeah, exactly. So it will be really interesting to actually kind of get out and there and see people, um, because it's really hard um, when you're in an office environment in London to kind of picture almost how people work elsewhere and i think it's really important to go out and see them in their locations talk to them get to know them find out what's important to them and what they read from us what they get locally in addition as well so yeah i'm excited to do that
1: yeah that's that's really cool and like something that you just mentioned at the end at the end there about kind of um what they receive locally talking to kind of uh, other people involved in Internal communications and looking at some research, there's a lot that talks about line managers being kind of you know the almost like the key to internal communications and making sure that it applies um, to individuals' roles and that opportunity to ask kind of immediate questions and feedback. Uh, and I guess with a with the workforce spread so globally, those line managers will I guess will vary in styles and and how they take the feedback on and and how they receive the internal comms themselves
0: yeah exactly line managers play a a hugely important role and you know naturally some people are better communicators than others and some people will always share information that comes to them with their teams and they understand why they should be sharing that. And other people, you know, require a little bit more prompting and and coaching. But, yeah, certainly it would be impossible for me to to reach everybody in how, you know, how the things that we do at a global level, what it actually means for them in practice locally, um, and I don't know the answer to that either because it does vary from team to team. So yeah, we really do rely on managers and people on the ground to to kind of help help translate those kind of global things into something meaningful for people.
1: And um, at the these leadership live. Events in terms of kind of the questions that are put to the to the exco and the topics is that kind of sourced um prior to the event from um uh, employees is that kind of key talking points that the exco want to get out there a mixture of both maybe
0: yeah a bit of a mixture of both so it tends to be that the, the things move really fast at tomorrow. So there's always lots of big key announcements that, that are taking place. So we, we definitely use them as an opportunity to kind of reinforce um, the key things that are going on or what we want people to know. But we also give opportunity for people to ask questions um, so that they can, you know, they can raise the things that, that are important to them. I think what I've found not just at Terminos but in, in previous organizations too, I think people don't always ask those big questions on the big stage, if that makes sense. So they tend yeah, to I ask those totally things. Understand that. Yeah, so they tend to ask the things to their line manager. So, you know, although it would be great to collate questions from people all over the organization, the reality is that it's not really the forum that we can answer the really tif- difficult questions. Um, and I think that that really comes back to your point about, you know, arming line managers, both giving them the, the permission to talk about this stuff, but also the details so that they can.
1: Yeah, no, that that's really interesting, I guess. Yeah, it takes... Brave person to to put their hands up in a in a big event and ask
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: ask a member of the ex-co a really kind of tough question and um, yeah I think we've all been in various um, events whether it's internal or external where the presenters looked out to the audience and said any questions and everyone's suddenly found a very interesting piece of floor and right <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, well, there's always one brave person, and it tends to be the same same person every time. Um, yeah. You can always rely on uh, on on one person to to do that. So,
1: yeah, and again, it's back to a previous point. Maybe it does take does take one person to, to ask a question and get a, uh, a a good answer back to, to encourage other people to to get involved and ask their questions too
0: yeah definitely we what we do um as well that kind of helps that is run you know smaller events so when you run kind of informal um chats so actually this year our ceo has been going out he he became ceo at the beginning of the year and so he's been going out and visiting lots of our offices and spending time with people there you know giving a kind of 10-15 minute talk but then using the rest of the time just to kind of network in a really informal way to get to know people and and hear the things that are challenging people or the things that they love or frustrations that they might have because, you know, I think it is only when you talk to people one-on-one or in a few that you really get that kind of insight into what's going on in the organisation as well.
1: Yeah, no, I can can totally understand that and yeah i think the well from my perspective if i was in um the employees point of view i'd really appreciate getting to see the the ceo and and having that opportunity to ask those questions that'd be that'd be really valuable
0: yeah definitely i know people people really like it and you know i think it's a win-win all around really
1: yeah great so yeah so i guess thinking about um kind of your internal comms plans. Um, what challenges do you see as kind of remote working perhaps increases, and and this is maybe more um, people choosing to work from alternative locations than the office, as opposed to the global aspect. Yeah, you know, what challenges do you see for for how the internal comms is is, is getting out there? Um,
0: I think for me, the challenge is is kind of the same and it's been like this for internal communications as long as I've worked in it, in that, you know, it's all about keeping people engaged in the organization and, you know, getting them connected, feeling that they, they're they contributing to something important and something big. Um, and, and, you know, and I, that's what I'm really passionate about. That's what drives me on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, fully remote teams or even hybrid remote teams if you like can present a challenge and I think that kind of informal knowledge sharing and the relationships that you have with people is perhaps one of those you know and I think it it is difficult to create the same bond with people that you have when you see them face to face so you have to make a much more kind of conscious effort to do that Um, and I think from a communications point of view it you know that that challenge is the same for us as it is for all the employees um working out you know working here as well you know I think we have to be careful not just to rely on digital communications because that feels like the right thing to do because we can reach everybody but actually the kind of traditional things like face to face or events or whatever it might be they still have a role um in supporting um communications across across the company um so yeah i think i think that's a challenge i think one other thing that um i was thinking about as i was um preparing for the podcast was about the fact that you know everybody is accessible all the time. So you don't really have any downtime anymore when it comes to work, unless you find it for yourself or whatever. And I think that, you know, employee wellbeing is something that it will be a challenge for organisations, you know, it, it allowing people to, to know when to stop. When you work globally, you can always log on find someone else online. People can yeah. always ping you questions and things. And I think that, um, you know we need to make sure that we're not risking people's well-being and the balance that they have in their life um just because we can work at any time from anywhere um you know i think i think that that kind of freedom that i spoke about kind of comes with with a bit of responsibility as well
1: yeah oh, i mean that's another really interesting point which i guess could be a, a you know, a next spin-off kind of podcast series that um you kind know, of yeah, that's really interesting. I guess like you say just because you can contact people digitally 24/7 doesn't mean that that's the right thing to do and and I think could probably agree that it's not the right thing for kind of employee employers to do but as an employee it's maybe look it's having the confidence or that you don't have to be res- responding to an email that you get from someone that you just happen to check it while you're watching TV at the night time or over breakfast, you know, being confident enough to say, nope, not not ready for, for work just yet.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you kind of have to set your own boundaries in that way. I think, you know, very few organisations, I think there are some that are out there, but I think very few organisations will say will ever say to you, that's enough now. You've worked hard enough. There's nothing else to do. You know there is always yeah. something else to do. And if you work for a for a, a high growth company like Temenos, then that, you know that the, there is a sort of relentless cycle of you know what's next, what's next, what's next. So you, I think you do have to kind of set your set your own boundaries and and ultimately that's going to benefit everybody because you you certainly don't want people that are going to burn out because they've been working around the clock for for too long because that's not good for anybody
1: no definitely um one of the kind of answers that sometimes comes back around challenges and um kind of in my research for this is a lot around kind of is is a lot around measurement of internal communications and what to choose to measure um, and whether it's kind of about change or employee engagement, uh, employee NPS. I'd be interested to hear kind of your thoughts on that and maybe things that you're putting in place at Temenos.
0: Yeah, so um, measurement has been a bit of a bugbear for me in the last 18 (laughs) months. I think when I came in and I saw that actually we were you know, email was really important, but actually we were using Outlook to send all our emails. So we, so at the moment, we have no way of tracking who's reading what, how they're interacting mm. with things, whether they're clicking on the the information that we share, um, whether uh, some employees in some locations are more responsive than others. Um, so that's something that. That I am changing, um, so I am introducing a tool called Populo, um, which will enable me to to do exactly that. Really, so, oh, nice. so that's that's really exciting, and I'm I'm hoping that having that insight will also then then drive, you know, the the way uh, we communicate and also the messages that that we share as well. Um, but yeah, I think measurement is a is a challenge, and I think it's just about understanding what are the kind of key priorities in the business and then taking that back to, to what you measure. Um because otherwise, you know, you don't want to measure for the sake of measuring. Um yeah, totally. but it's about saying, okay, these are the things that are important. Well how are we how are we doing against those?
1: Yeah, someone that I was talking to um and we were kinda of talking about this measurement piece, but it was, it was particularly around an event like Leadership Live, for example. Uh, and they were—they mentioned some of their measurement tools or tactics are to kind of um, kind of comb through the questions that come after it and see how many could be categorised as okay. That person doesn't understand the update that we just gave, um, and kind of it's not really a, a score that can, can be put up anywhere. But it's understanding the effect- effectiveness of, of that one particular message going out in, in that one event. And kind of learning that, learning about that for for next time, so I thought that was a really interesting way of of using questions and and maybe comments to kind of inform and and, and measure how that communication went. I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good um, practice to have. I think that again, when I've got the the new email tool with Populo, there's lots of nice features that their tool enables you to send um, kind of event things. So you can also then run internal things like the leadership live as an event, so that you can then survey people, find information more easily. So it's really uh-huh. just about yeah getting getting, like you say, feedback at that moment in time rather than, you know, a week later and saying, oh, and how how do you feel about this now? Because people have moved on and, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10 today? Yeah, yeah, week?
0: very yeah. subjective.
1: Yeah, okay, now that's cool. So, to be honest, you kind of um, leading into the next point that I want to talk about, which was around kind of the the tools and technology. You've already mentioned some use it terminology. maybe just kind of go over those again and what you use those for It'd be be really interesting to hear
0: yeah i think um the i think the challenge for a lot of organizations is keeping up with the technology because it changes so fast and you know, it's hard to keep up with it at a personal level, um, and it's really hard for organisations to keep up for, um, with it. and And I, I would like us to to do more on an internal perspective. That obviously, as a as a technology company, we're brilliant at providing really cool technology to our clients. Um, but what I really want to see happen is that we provide just that same kind of level of cool technology to the employees that work here as well. So that really kind of mirrors mirrors who we are as an organization. And I think that's a struggle that a lot of organizations have. Um, you know, and there are definitely some really cool tools that are out there. Um, so, yeah, it, as I say, it's a, we're kind of a bit of a work in progress when it comes to the channels that, that we have. Um, but I think... Big organizations often have, you know, big teams that are working on channels as well as the content. And I think when you're yeah. a smaller team, you your content is really what comes first. And so that's really been my priority. And, and you know, I've, and it will continue to be my priority. But, yeah, the tools and the channels that we use to get the messages out there um, are, are really, I think, can can if used properly, and if they're the right tools, then um, they can really uh, transform how you communicate. And more importantly, and I think this goes back to the the point around line managers and how people relate things to them um, in their role and what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. I think if you can get the right tools that enable that collaboration and really support how people do their day jobs, that also provide really good communication then i think that that's the um that's the dream really so we're not there yet but hopefully that's the direction <laughs> that's we're going working in. towards yeah, yeah
1: so yeah. that that sounds really really good and really interesting and again other conversations I had around this as have, have spoken about you know some of the most kind of popular you know, tools out there and in their experience, having worked fantastic in one organisation, moved to another one, and it's almost as if there's just some internal barriers that the um, implementation of it has not quite, quite gone so smoothly, and it's almost kind of died a death before it could even get off the ground, and it becomes a bit oh. of a, um, you know, a flagship of, of, of failure, unfortunately. But I think, like like you mentioned, it's a real opportunity to to connect with people on different different levels as long as it's like you said done done properly really and it's a much much easier said than done
0: yeah it is and i think people have really got to feel the value that it brings to them you know if it makes their job easier if they can find the information you know quicker or they can contact somebody quicker because of the technology then they're going to use it if it doesn't do that it doesn't add any value and it's just a kind of nice add-on people you know people are busy doing doing their job so they so they won't do it um you know and and i think to your point that it's not really the tools, but it's it's whether people use them or not. And, and that, that kind of cultural shift or, you know, when particularly if you're introducing a new tool, if it requires a change in behavior for people, it's that that drives whether it's a successful launch of that particular tool or not, whether people understand it and know how to use it and see see the value in it. then Then I think then you've got a good tool. But if they if you don't get that implementation right and you don't take people with you then yeah then you're people will just find another tool that works for them better you know yeah
1: yeah i think that's like a really valuable point um that you made about kind of people seeing the value in it i think the ones that probably don't work are the are the systems that are put in place from almost like a top down value. It's like we want to get this message out there and this is the I don't know, easiest way for us to do it or the way that we can track the best, but it's, you know, maybe not so much consideration for the employee and how they are able to, you know, do they have to log into a totally different system? Do they have to kind of, you know, reboot the system because it's always crashing? You know, there's various things which kind of put, is a, puts barriers in place from just receiving the message, which, like you say, um, in some scenarios will come, you know, face to face from a line manager much easier than logging into a new system and and yeah, it's, it's yeah, interesting that the value needs uh, to be two way.
0: Yeah, it does, and I think that the you know the challenge for most organisations is that you know they really starts off with a blank page and says, great, right? How can we create some really cool collaboration tools? That we can use for
1: everything,
0: Um, you know, it it never works like that because you've inevitably already got things. People come with stuff that they work from in other organisations, or you know, it it really it it can be a a whole um, host of different reasons why, you know, there isn't a streamlined approach to this stuff. So yeah, it's it's not an easy you know, it's easy to talk about channels and I think people often think that it's the tools that are the issue and uh, it, the tools can be the issue but I think it's, it, there isn't a, a simple solution to it either.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think kind of echoes a lot of kind of, um, yeah, forum comments, kind of social media threads that I've, that I've seen recently. Um, so the last question, and this is, I saved the hardest hit until last, uh, I just d- didn't feel I could do a podcast called Remote Control without asking. What are you watching, and would you recommend it?
0: Okay, so what am I watching? I, just, I have to say, I do love um, the 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 fact that Netflix and um Prime and all these different services are out there so that you can you can definitely binge watch um series. Although I don't get to binge watch them as much as I used to, but I've kind of been going through it through um a phase of uh, catching up on lots of different BBC police dramas. I'm not quite sure why suddenly right, I'm taking okay. interest in that. But yeah, I've watched things like Line of Duty, Killing oh, yeah. Eve and actually yeah, last night I finished Bodyguard um oh, which yeah. isn't you know, I don't I can't actually remember when that was on telly I think it's probably a couple of years ago now. Um but yeah, they were all all pretty good actually. Jo- Jodie Comer, who plays the um female assassin oh, B- killer.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, she's brilliant. So that was very entertaining. So that one I would definitely recommend. But now I have to find a new um obsession because we as I say we finished finished one last night, so we've now like, right, that one's ticked off the list. What what's next? So and there's just a no end of series to to watch.
1: Great. Well thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm it's been yeah, there's loads of great stuff in there. I think a really good conversation and yeah, I really appreciate you coming on.
0: No, great. It's really good. I I enjoyed thinking about um you know about remote working, actually, because I haven't thought about it probably as much as I should, considering how how globally spread the organisation is. So, no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you, Jack.